Welcome back to Inside the Kentucky Derby. And just four short weeks from now, it'll be Kentucky Derby week here at Churchill Downs. Everything is happening right now beneath the Twin Spires and everything on the road to the Kentucky Derby is coming to a close. Only four championship series races remain on the road to the Kentucky Derby following Forte's thrilling victory in the Florida Derby and Angel of Empire adding himself as one of the favorites on the road to the Kentucky Derby with his win in the Arkansas Derby. Of course, inside the Kentucky Derby would not be possible without our friends over at Woodford Reserve with 200 flavor notes in every sip. Woodford Reserve is a spectacle for the senses. Please enjoy responsibly. Well, Darren, we got ourselves the uh, early Derby favorite in Forte who uh, came back and gutted out a victory in this weekend's Florida Derby. Yeah, he, um, you know, it wasn't as uh, easy as the one to five betting price that he was in the race uh, where he was far back. But all, all that mattered was uh, that surge late uh, to get up to win by a length. Uh, wasn't the fastest race that he's run, but I thought it was impressive. I, I fall into the camp where I, I was impressed. I thought he overcame some adversity. Uh, he's the champion. That's why he got up and won. And yes, KK, he is still the horse to beat. Yeah, he's going to be the Derby favorite. He closed as the big favorite in the final pull of the Kentucky Derby future wager, pool six, which closed about 40 minutes before the Florida Derby was run down at Gulfstream Park. And, you know, that favoritism is going to, you know, keep on going, I think, until that first Saturday in May. There will be some talks now, I think, from a lot of gamblers about the the time, the speed figures, and this, that, and the other. Um, we'll see what comes out of the Santa Anita Derby and the Bluegrass next week, and I'm not sure if uh, you know any of the horses that are contesting the wood would vie for Derby favoritism. But you know, you never know if you get you know a powerful performance by someone in the in the Bluegrass or the Santa Anita Derby that they could get the more recency edge on Forte. But I still believe that you know he is going to be that you know two and a half to one favorite in the the Kentucky Derby. But yeah, Darren, you know, I think the right word was gutted out that win. He was wide on both of those turns in the Florida Derby. And, you know, it was an interesting uh, opening furlong in the Florida Derby when Fort Bragg sort of stumbled and broke slowly out of the gate. And then Joel Rosario rushed him up. And then you had a pack of horses right behind him that were very, you know, contested on very sharp fractions up front. Yeah, we got the fast pace that uh, we expected. Uh, they went 23 and 2, 46 and 3. Um, there was that jostling for, uh, you know, positioning early on as you had, uh, you know, as you said, Fort Bragg who stumbled and rushed up. And, you know, Mr. Peaks, the long shot was right there. Um, you know, you also had, you know, Mr. Ripple in the mix along with West Coast Cowboy. Uh, John Frau was, was close from uh, the rail and, you know, they went fast and, you know, this race went kind of according to plan, um, you know, the way I envisioned it where people, uh, where people, where horses from off the pace would be, uh, would, would be coming home and, and, and you did get that with, with the winter forte, uh, made showed that a mile eight is still within its scope. Uh, Cyclone Mischief ran his race. He just wasn't good enough. But, um, three lengths back in the winter and third. And then Mr. Ripple, I thought, ran a credible race holding on for uh, 
for fourth at, at 47 to one. Um, you know, the top three probably are going to get into the Derby field. We'll have to see how these uh, races, you know, shake out over the next uh, week or two. But, um, KK, I have a question for you. If, if, if Forte is not in the Kentucky Derby, just, to, just imagine this. Who would be the horse to beat? Or who do you think would go favorite? it's pretty, you know, remarkable to, you know, have that question and you would almost, you know, how crazy would it be that the UAE Derby winner, Dermasota Gake could vie for favoritism or even like second or third choice in the Derby. And we're talking about, you know, the UAE Derby, which year over year, you know, people seem to, you know, discount, but his performance was as impressive as anyone right now on the road to the Derby. And, you know, it would be, I still think that he's going to be one of the horses that's going to take a lot of, you know, sharp money and, and some late attention uh, come the first Saturday of May, even with Forte in, but without him in, you know, it's really anyone's race. It is, you know, and, you know, in the, in the Derby future wager, the final one that closed at six o'clock on Saturday, uh, 40 minutes in advance of the Florida Derby, as you said earlier, Forte closed at five to two, but it was, you know, the other two Todd Fletcher trained horses, in Tappet Trice and Kings Barnes, uh, who closed as the co 11 to 1 uh, second choice, uh, followed right behind Dermo Sadagate at 13 to 1. And then the horse that kind of surprised me because I think this is the horse who is a clear second choice uh, for, for me at this point uh, in advance of running next weekend is Practical Move. Uh, He's done nothing wrong for trainer Tim team since last year's um, Los Alamitos futurity. In fact, he's continued to progress and step forward, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing him run uh, this weekend. But, um, yeah, very, very interesting race. Now, what about in Arkansas? Yeah, you know, down in Arkansas, uh, Angel of Empire, we proved that, you know, his risen star wasn't a fluke, where the pace scenario, I think, in that race – was sort of similar to the Florida Derby where uh, you've had two Eagles River that went out for the early lead and then sort of, you know, a contested bunch of horses behind them. And and there was Angel of Empire, sort of like Forte was, just in the outside in the clear, letting those horses in front of him, you know, sort of duke it out and then uh, come with a, a wide sweeping run. And, and he showed that late turn of foot uh, to close very powerfully in that Arkansas Derby and and was the, you know, the clear winner of that race. Yeah, very impressive win by Angel of Empire. And I, I, we talked about it in the previous podcast. The more and more I look at this horse, the more impressed I get. Um, you know, he didn't quite get the as fast a pace as I imagined. They went a quick opening quarter in 23-1, and one, but then the Two Eagles Rivers, like his race before, the allowance prep, he was able to slow it down and dictate his own terms. 47-1 and one isn't outrageously fast. Um, it's not slow either, but it just it wasn't blazing fast like I thought it would be. And then they went three quarters in in one twelve and one. Um, you know, Eagle of Empire has just been very very professional. Um, he kind of had a four way photo for second, third, and fourth uh, with uh, King Russell, the late Triple Crown nominee for Ron Moquette at odds of fifty eight to one, uh, edging out reincarnate. Rocket Can was uh, was fourth, and uh, the non Triple Crown nominated 
airtime was fifth. Red Route 1 couldn't get it going. Uh, never really got that late closing kick uh, after being, you know, off slow, adding the blinkers. And then he was just he was just a little flat uh, late in the lane. But the Pennsylvania brand, Angel of Empire, trying to replicate Smarty Jones, 2004. Yeah, you got a Pennsylvania bread and Angel of Empire, Virginia bread and Forte, and uh, those two were the the talk of the town on this past weekend on the road to the Derby. And yeah, Angel of Empire, Brad Cox said after the race that you know he really needed the extra time that he thought after that Risen Star, and uh, that's why he pointed towards the Arkansas Derby, giving him the full six weeks of rest, and now he'll have five weeks until the first Saturday in May. He's scheduled to come back to Churchill Downs. I think on Wednesday morning, he'll get back around 4 a.m. on Wednesday morning. And so he'll be here at Churchill Downs to have, I guess I'll have probably two or three works until the Kentucky Derby. And, uh, you know, it's very exciting for the the Abal family stables, who's a name that is very familiar with many uh, Derby fans. They've been in the Derby for several years and, you know, they seem to rule the roost in this year's Derby. They have ownership interest in Angel of Empire, Jace's Road, and, oh, Cyclone Mischief, too. So it was a good weekend for the Albaugh family. Dennis Albaugh was down in Florida. Jason Luch, his son-in-law and racing manager, was in Arkansas. And they are the, uh, they're the they feeling pretty good about themselves, I'd say, this morning, Darren. As they should be. I mean, uh, like I said, that's, this is a very fun horse who um, is, is kind of coming together. He's been under the radar. I mean, you got, you know, 9-2 to two on him, uh, fresh off of victory in his previous start at fairgrounds in the risen star and um if you've been a fan of this horse all along you, you've been well paid uh along the way now i'm just getting a text in from governor steve Bashir. he wanted me to correct you uh forte is definitely a kentucky bread he was folded he was folded in virginia right uh I don't know, but he's definitely a Kentucky friend. I, I, there's there's all sorts of stories, and I've heard texts from people from the Virginia scene with uh, uh, people of saying how Forte was uh, part of uh, the Virginia foaling program. So I think he was involved somehow in Virginia. So, you know, horses can come from anywhere, right? Uh, well, as, they can't. They can get good horses. I, I, I do believe that. Uh, a fast horse can also can come from anywhere. Um, and and I don't like to get overly caught up on those stats of, you know, I think of the UAE Derby. I even think of, uh, you know, under the radar races, you know, like when we had uh, Mind That Bird went out of Sunland. Um, what was it? 20 plus years ago, you had, you know, War Emblem come out of the, the Illinois Derby. Those were, those were blues. Right, I mean, from a statistical standpoint, but good fast horses can come from anywhere. I don't care where you're born, where you're bred. The horses don't know where they're born and bred, and uh, it's all about getting that conditioning, have that that heart, that speed, that stamina um, to last uh, the, the ten furlongs on Derby Day. He was. Here's the Forte story. His mother was bred in Virginia and spent most of his time at Southgate Farm in Virginia. So there's the Forte. We need the Tony Reale. Thank you, Steve Bashir, for uh, correcting me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, man, what 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 a fun time right now, it Darren. Was, hey, hey, what about Europe? Yeah, I mean, what about Europe? We had over. We had the the, the 
cardinal condition stakes wrap up the uh, European road to the Kentucky Derby, and uh, bold act for Godolphin got up to win uh, the race. But uh, finishing second in there, uh, you had uh, the horse um, Brave Emperor for Archie Watson, who accrued enough points on the European road to the Kentucky Derby. Um, the invitation is hanging out there, and the ownership, the racing manager, and the trainer are deliberating whether or not to accept. So that is something we could watch over the next couple of days to see whether or not Brave Emperor accepts that spot on the European road to the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, it's uh, sort, of, sort of seemed to have the most interest in most recent years for the European road to the Kentucky Derby. And uh, that's still out there. And, you know, that's going to play a big, you know, question mark of the bubble horse for this year's Kentucky Derby, as you sort of alluded to with the Florida Derby, the top three, you know, likely in the field uh, with Cyclone Mischief having 45 points. But, you know, if there's the invitation is accepted for the European road of the Kentucky Derby, then there's two spots taken because of uh, the Japan road of the Kentucky Derby and the European Kentucky Derby, both having those 19th and 20th spots. So 18 horses will vie for the, uh, the rest of the gate on the first Saturday in May. And, you know, Cyclone Mischief with 45 points right now, he sits in 15th technically, whereas, you know, horses that have 40 points, you know, King Russell disarm, uh, you know, they may yep. be uh, a little bit of trouble depending on the results of next weekend's, uh, you know, Wood Memorial, Santa Anita Derby and Bluegrass. Yeah, I do think, you know, we always have, you know, attrition, right? Where not everybody ends up being perfectly healthy, uh, ready for the first Saturday in May. Uh, there are a couple of horses within that top 20 that, you know, KK, I can't remember. Is, is Wild on Ice a definite or it was the Frank Sumter, the winner of the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Sunland Derby, the owner, Frank Sumter and, and trainer Joe Marr considering the Derby. I can't remember if he's more considered possible at this point. Yeah. Um, they, they ended up, they were, you know, they wanted to pay the $6,000 late nomination fee for the triple crown. And uh, they were considering the Derby and considering if they would, you know, belong in the race and so uh i think they're all still talking about it haven't heard an official word yet uh if they are planning on shipping from their new mexico base to uh to churchill but they did pay that late uh nomination fee and so they, he's one of the horses that could be one of those that you know is still 50 50 i don't know if what the percentage would be um in their minds but he's one that you know maybe uh either in or out in question marks more uh that we'll see in the next couple of weeks, but he was still considering it uh, from the latest word that I've heard from our racing office. Yeah. And you know, another horse that's still on the list, major dude uh, for spread thrift farm. Of course he finished second, the Jeff Ruby stakes, you know, uh, the Spencer farm folks said on, on, on record that he's more likely uh, to return to the turf than, than get a chance. But, you know, until they definitely rule him out, he's, he's been left on there. So there is some attrition along the way. But, boy, if I didn't – if I had 40 points, and if I'm disarmed, if I'm Winslow Thoroughbreds and disarmed, 40 points and the tiebreakers and non-restricted graded stakes are in at 200,000, I'm nervous. I'm thinking that's the bubble. I think it's somewhere right around there 
uh, when it's all said and done, and it might actually be north of that. But um, we'll have to see how these races shake down this weekend. Very much looking forward to uh, the trio of races uh, that are going to be run uh, and, and set our way. Uh, we've got the Santa Anita Derby, the, uh, the Bluegrass, and then the Wood Memorial, the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, you've got Dazzle Me Silver, Go Rocket Ride, I Don't Get It, the Japanese Invader Mandarin Hero, uh, National Treasure, now looks like he'll remain in California and, and run out of his uh, own barn. Uh, one in Vermillion, the Calbred, Practical Move to me is the horse to beat. And then you have Skinner. Now, look, this horse has not been listed anywhere, but the horse has been training. And I'm going to tell you, I will be shocked if Cave Rock doesn't resurface in the Santa Anita Derby on Saturday. Uh, because the way his training pattern looks, it looks like he's set and ready to run for a race. We'll know come entry time on Wednesday. But if he is, obviously he's ineligible to accrue points uh, for the Kentucky Derby, but he's probably using this as a setup uh, for the frequent. That would be very intriguing. Yeah, it sure would be. And, you know, horses don't work seven eighths and three quarters if they don't have a race more recently uh, in their, their back pocket. And, you know, can't really see any other options of where this horse could go. So, uh, and, and then as the, the leaderboard, you know, sort of shakes out practical move, uh, raise cane and tap at trice are really the only three horses that are ahead of those, you know, 40 to 45 point bubble horses that are going to run this next weekend. And, uh, tap at trice and the, the bluegrass is going to be one of the headliners in that race that enters on Wednesday. And then raise cane is possible to, to run in the bluegrass. He was, you know, 50, 50 between the bluegrass and the wood. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are going to shake up after, uh, this weekend and, and the Santa Anita Derby practical move. Uh, you know, he is the one to beat. I think if cave rock doesn't run and if cave rock Correct. runs, then, you know, that whole storyline does change. And then in the bluegrass too, uh, you know, you could see a, you know, a big performance by Tappet Trice and maybe, you know, jump into that Derby favoritism role. And, uh, the wood Memorial in New York is a little bit more of a, I don't know, a workman like uh, final prep D. I don't think any of these horses that are, uh, possible for the wood may make a big impact in the Kentucky Derby, but still would help set the field for this year's run for the roses. You know, you don't know until you run it. <laughs> the, That's true. Uh, the, yeah, the probables for the wood uh, look like Arctic Arrogance, Classic Catch, uh, Clear in the Air, uh, Croupy, Dreamlike, both of those Croupy and Dreamlike maidens for Fletcher, uh, General Baker, Kit Show is going to get a shot in there, uh, Lord Miles, Mr. Swagger, uh, Shadow Dragon, and then Flip Mahoney, and then possibly Transect for, uh, for Paulo Lobo. And then going back to the bluegrass, yeah, blazing, taking on Tapatrice, most likely will be blazing seven, a classic car wash, a haze strike, major blue, Mendelssohn's march, uh, and verifying. And as you said, you've got a number of possibles in Raising Cane, Scooby Quadro, and then even Sun Thunder for uh, Kenny McPeak. So we'll see. Be a great weekend once they draw those races uh, come uh, Wednesday. Uh, we'll what, have a podcast come Friday, right? We'll be back. Uh, we'll be Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, we've got Thursday. Thursday. we've got a couple of days uh, 
to sort of dissect things. Again, big draw day on Wednesday for those races, and then uh, we'll be back on Thursday on Inside the Kentucky Derby to, you know, give our thoughts and preview each one of those races and see what happens in the remaining stages of this road to the Kentucky Derby. Exciting times here in Louisville and exciting times with Derby Fever. We'll be back in just a couple of days. And of course, you know, make sure you uh, rate and subscribe to Inside the Kentucky Derby. D, I think we had a pretty solid performance today, but is it willing of five stars? Uh, we, we asked for you to rate and give us the five-star rating. Uh, yet we fully realized it was a lot closer to a four, maybe a 3.5 star performance. That's, uh, that'll about do it for Red, us. You know what? I give us a four. Yeah. You know, it, an easy four because redboarding is easy. <laughs> redboarding is the easy thing. It's the going into the race. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the challenge, right? Yeah. Redboarding. It's Redboard Monday here on Inside the Kentucky Derby. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of days. We'll preview the uh, Bluegrass Sanity Derby and Wood Memorial and a whole lot more. Thanks again for listening to Inside the Kentucky Derby. <laughs>